hot outside. It's hot. Oh, folks. Hello, everyone. Ricky Bai is coming to you live from the A1A Beachfront Studios in beautiful, steamy, and insanely hot Orlando, Florida. Hopefully, you guys are doing well. You're staying cool in this insane weather. I think I read somewhere that July has been the coldest coldest listen to me the well i mean <laughs> the hottest month on record and i mean ever since they started taking records on, on on temperatures it has been the hottest month look i'm not here to debate whether global warming is is real if it's not real all i'm saying is it's hot that's all i'm gonna say i'm in hr i'm not a scientist far from it uh but yeah Anyway, so folks, good to hear from you. Hopefully everything's going well. There's a lot of things that that has been happening. JC is doing, um, you know, he's handling some personal stuff over up in Buffalo, New York. Hopefully we can get him back on by the end of the year. We'll see what happens. Uh, but you know what? Life, when life gets a hold of you folks... You gotta, you just gotta do what you gotta do. That's it. All right, folks. So, a lot of things to get to. I got a special guest today, but I'm not gonna tell you about her just yet because we have some really exciting things coming up for the Biasco Learning Organization and the HR Talk Podcast. Folks, if you don't know, HR Florida, the HR Florida Conference and Expo 2023 is happening at the Rosen Shingle Creek in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Uh, that is from October, October, listen to me, August 27th. That's, that's another session. It's from August 27th through August 30th. And Janine Crocky, you remember her she and i did a recruitment webinar a couple of weeks ago she and i are going to do a recruitment and retention in a new world how to attract and retain today's top talent we're going to be speaking she and i are going to co-host this together at that conference our specific session is going to be on august 29th at 1 30 p.m at the swanee location we got two rooms 16 and 17 so hopefully we will see you there and folks there is more so remember i said janine and i did a um, a free webinar a couple of weeks ago last week i did one on mastering on employee onboarding because folks let me tell you I cannot stand when I see an organization that really goes all out. And I mean, they go all out for recruiting, the marketing, the planning, the job fairs, the interviewing, all the labor that goes involved into it, pull out all the stops. But when the person starts, when the person actually starts, you make an offer. And they actually start, we drop the ball. So I talk about what we can do as an organization to minimize being ghosted, minimize no-call, no-shows, and new employer orientation, and the even worse hit, people who actually start, they work for two weeks and they leave you within 30 days because you just haven't, you know, really given them a warm welcome. So that's what we talked that, That's what we talked about. We had a blast. And now that we got them on board, there's going to be another free webinar. It is, it is called Employee Engagement and Retention, How to Foster a Positive Workplace Culture. That is going to be broadcasted live as an actual e-learning uh, uh, workshop on August 22nd from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern. 
Eastern Standard Time. We are going to be broadcasting that live from the A1A Beachfront Studios here in Florida. And that is out there right now. If you go to the LinkedIn page for Biasco Learning, go to the event section. You'll be able to register there. But I'm also going to have the link to register and the show notes. Folks. Shortly after that, well, not shortly after that, I am going to be at Disrupt HR Jacksonville 2.0. Folks, we had a blast late last year at Disrupt HR Jacksonville. Tell you what, Francis, Natasha, and Carly, they do an amazing job at, um, at, uh, at, at making sure this event just does not disappoint. And this year on September 13th is going to happen at 929 East Bay Street in Jacksonville. That is Intuition Aleworks. I haven't seen that venue live in person. I've seen some pictures. It looks amazing. I am going to be the MC for that event. So hopefully I'll see you there. If you want tickets for that, they're not available yet. But just keep following uh, Francis, Natasha, and Carly. So that's Francis Arflin over on LinkedIn and Natasha Slaughter and Carly Clucky. Um, you can just find them. Google disrupthr.co slash Jacksonville, and you'll be able to find all the information you need there to get tickets when they do go live. I'm waiting for the word from the team to let me know so I can you know advertise and let everybody know about it. That is happening on September 13th. And we're not done. Then I'm going to go to uh, where I'm going. I'm, I'm going to be in Maryland, folks. I love me some Maryland. Tell you what, it, it's true what they say about those crab cakes because huh? I gained some pounds. I mean, I gain pounds when I go to two places, Puerto Rico and Maryland, because they just got some good food up in Maryland. So October first uh, to the third, it is the uh, Human Resources Association of Southern Maryland, and it's going to be the Rising Tides of HR 2023 State Conference. It is going to be at the Hyatt Regency Chesapeake Bay Golf Resort Spa and Marina in Cambridge, Maryland. Um, and if you go to HRASM, online.sherm.org and you'll be able to find the uh, tickets there. Tickets are still available. Johnny C. Taylor is going to be there. I'm also going to be a keynote speaker there. It is going to be a great time. Wow, that was a lot. All right, folks, that said, I got to tell you, again, it's it's been a while since we've been on the air, and it's just, it's you know, with, with with all kinds of layoffs left and right, and my clients and I have been very busy, and, you know, it's hats off to my clients. They do, you know, it, it, it's the thing that I love best about what I get to do is I get to work with, I get to work with some really, just really intuitive clients where they know where they need to be from an HR perspective. They just don't know how to get there. So they make the, the proper phone calls, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm plugging my services here. Just bear with me. And uh, and they give me a call. We have a sit down. We go to lunch. We go to dinner. We have a great conversation to see how we can help each other out, right? What kind of services they need? You know, what, 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 what can we do for each other to, you know, just have a really good, beneficial, solid relationship. And that, and that is the best way how to get clients, how to build those solid business relationships that I keep talking about. But folks, the reason I'm saying I'm I'm telling you this is because, you know, there's every week we have more and more layoffs. There's more and more talent out there that's that's looking for work. And if you're looking for a job, you know, it, it's and you currently have one right now, the waters are getting more and more saturated. 
That said, that said, this is a great opportunity, like I said before, and I tell all my, my students and um, my class with the Masters of HR program at Rollins College, I always tell them, never, ever, ever wait until you need somebody to start building relationships. Just how you, you should not go shopping, food shopping on an empty stomach. You should not cultivate relationships when you need them. You should start doing that right now. That way, when it hits the fan and you no longer have a job, you no longer have to work on cultivating a relationship. You can start tapping on shoulders and see what kind of other opportunities out there from a referral perspective. Trust me, folks, it works. And that said, let's go ahead and get to our main event. Main event, as it's a pay-per-view fight. It's not a pay-per-view fight, but I'm going to be talking to one heck of an HR professional. Her name is Lorena Pavon. She is an HR consultant here in the Central Florida area. Lorena and I got connected. God, I don't know how we got connected. Uh, oh, I think it's through the podcast, and then we started to see each other over at different Disrupt HR events. We started cultivating a, 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 a pretty good relationship, and now we have a secret HR club, which we're going to talk about here in just a bit but let me stop right here let's get right to it ladies and gentlemen this is Lorena Pavon check it out Lorena Pavon how in the world are you my friend I am great fantastic excited are are you are you really (laughs) I am I really am why are you great why are you fabulous and why are you fantastic Um, I'm just you know excited to be part of the podcast first of all we've talked about this I don't know how many times and we never, you know, we're final. Yeah. Right. At this point, I think it has been that long. Um, And, you know, uh, just pretty much having this connection with you, you know, I feel like this past year and change that we've gotten to know each other has been, has been fantastic. Um, I've learned so much from you. I see you as a mentor. So oh my God, really for everybody listening right now, please understand <laughs> Lorena has not paid me at all. Uh, not, <laughs> not one cent. So we didn't plan this. Uh, so, no, well, thank you. I appreciate that because we've known each other for a while. We've seen each other, you know, in passing with Disrupt HR, which I'm still pushing for you to do, but I know. Give it yeah, time. Exactly. I know. I know. It'll take some time before I'm comfortable with that. But so you know what? So let me ask you this: One of the things I like to do in the show is I like to highlight people. I like to see how people got into human resources. So for you, when and how did you get into human resources? So my, I, I, I don't know if this is common or not. I would say it isn't as common, but it actually was through college. So I decided I wanted to be in HR before I even had a job in HR. Oh, um, okay. Yes. So I went to University of Puerto Rico, as you know, um, and I decided to major in supply chain and operations management um, because that's what my dad was doing at the time. So it just made sense um, to me just to follow his footsteps. I just didn't know what else I wanted to do. I knew it was business, but I just didn't know what exactly. But I took a few classes and the professors were so boring and they made the topic so hard to um, you know, to understand, to engage in, it was just terrible. Now, part of the program, they require you to take an HR, uh, basic HR class, HR 101, you know, type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I took it because I had to, and it was a total 180 at that point. I, you know, fell in love with the topics. Uh, the professor was fantastic. I started meeting um, people uh, who are who are in HR uh, through my dad because my dad works for a huge company. Yeah. So through my dad, through Sherm Puerto Rico at the time, 
And I just got so involved and that's how I, you know, I basically focused since then. So. But, but when you, but so growing up, you didn't want to be in, in, in human resources. So, so no. what was Lorena's goal in life? What did she want to do? Uh, she I wanted to be, I wanted to be a teacher. I actually wanted oh. to be a teacher. Okay. Yes. Um, but teachers are not well paid. Yep. They're worse paid in Puerto Rico. Like they barely make it to 30,000 a year in Puerto Rico. Really? So when I, t yes. Yes. Um, I, I, I don't know if it's, that. I don't know if it's, I mean, granted, I've lived in Florida for almost 10 years at yeah. this point, so I don't know if it's higher, but it's not that much higher if it is. And, um, but when I talked to my grandmother about it, she's like, Miha, you're not going to make money as a teacher. You need to think this through. And Me she's either. like, you know, and, yeah. and I know she meant well. Yeah. So I always feel like that's like my frustrated dream. And uh, I always uh, tell my husband that if one day he makes enough money for, for me to be a teacher, that I'll probably go back to school, take the courses and become a teacher. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. It, it's, it's uh, nobody becomes a teacher to be a millionaire, right? It, it's, mm -hmm. they, they do it for really selfish reasons because they have a big heart. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, that's their selfish reason. I mean, obviously I'm being facetious here, but yeah, it, it is, it is, it, it is such a thankless profession. And I've said on the show, I've always known that about teachers until and until I started working at uh, Orange County Public Schools, and that's when I'm like, "Wow, it's worse than I thought. It's worse. Yeah. They they pull more money out of their pockets, their own pockets, to make mm -hmm. ends meet in the classroom than I initially yeah. thought." And I'm like, "Wow!" And I didn't last long at the school board because you know I had an opportunity to to go somewhere else, and the money was way better, and oh. All I'm saying with that is, you know, for people thinking about going into public service, for the people who are hiring people in mm -hmm. public service, the people in charge of those purse strings, purse strings, you really, really need to start thinking about how you're going to pay these folks better to retain top talent because not everybody's yeah. going to keep thinking like that. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. So so you, you fell in love with HR in college. You finished college, right? So now you're an HR consultant. And, you know, not everybody in our field loves everything they do. There's some things they really, really like. And there's some things that are really, really crappy. So what's on your list? What, what is the one thing in HR you really, truly enjoy? Uh, what I truly enjoy, anything that has to do with employee relations, just because it's not monotonous at oh, all. Oh, you so, like drama. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah I mean, I like, <laughs> I don't like to be part of drama, but it, it entertains me. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Um, I got it. No, but you know, but when, you know, we, we always talk about the drama aspect of employee relations, but it's so much more than that. It's, you know, about engagement is about making sure that the handbooks and policies are yeah. clear for our employees. It's, you know, it's, it's sort of like a, I sometimes see it as a customer service for our employees as well, the relations part. We always focus on, oh, we need to do an investigation or let me write this person up. And that is part of employee relations by all means, yep. but it's so much more than that. There's good and there's bad with it. So I like how you said that. You said customer service for employees, but let's calibrate. When you say yes. employees, what are you meaning by employees? Every employee or just anybody no. that's not a manager? Um, well, both actually okay there you go I, 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 I was waiting for it i was waiting for yeah. it okay no you know correct yeah so all right so you like i like that customer service for the employees like if they're if they're looking like i don't know at the back of of their benefits they're like i don't understand this turn it around oh call customer service call uh um here you go press one for english and press two for <laughs> spanish so okay so employer relations so what about it I know you said it's uh it's it's exciting. Well, you didn't say it's exciting. You said it's it's uh it's yeah, you did say that, right? Yeah. 
it's I not mean, monotonous. It's but not yeah, monotonous. Actually, yeah. You yeah. said it more clever and more classy than I did. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, thank you. Thank you. Not monotonous, right? All right. Monogamous. No, monotonous. That's what you meant. Monotonous. Monogamous, monogamous. is something different. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's a whole other show. That's a whole other show. Well, I don't know. The lack of that could actually end up in employer relations in some, some shape or form. Right. True. Which, to True. be honest... Look, Chica, we, I'm sure you and I have stories for days, but I had a, most of my exciting and most entertaining employee relations stories has to do with people and their lack of monotony. <laughs> monotony. I do. Absolutely. I have so, stories for days. Yeah. Oh, my God. So what about HR do you like the least? Um, well, some people don't put this under HR, but I just loathe it enough that I'm going to put it under HR recruiting. Some people don't see recruiting and they see recruiting as its own. Other people see it as a branch of HR. So regardless, I don't enjoy the recruiting aspect. I am not great. I'm curious. Why? (laughs) The sourcing, um, you know, reaching out to a bunch of people to maybe get some answers, the ghosting. <laughs> maybe it's, get some answers. Yeah, <laughs> you know, okay. it's just very, it's it's very draining. Like for me specifically, when I'm interviewing, I'm, I, again, I love the part of the interview, but recruiting is so much more than just interviewing people, yep. of course. So if it were just interviewing, I enjoy that. I love that. I like to make connections with people. Um, and I like to laugh about bad interviews because some pe- there's some people out there who like do terribly and you're like, how in, Lorena. how are they? <laughs> it's like, I mean, and you have to laugh, you know, not in their faces, but you know, you'll but, come yeah. back and, and, and you'll, you'll think about it. And I'm like, oh my God, even when I was, you know, 16 and applying for my first job at a supermarket, I, I wasn't that bad in interviewing. Like I would have not thought to say that in an interview, right? So, um, but other than the interview aspect in recruiting, everything else I just don't enjoy. Um, and I had to do a lot of that within the start of my career. And I'm so glad that as a consultant now, um, the company I work for, they have a recruiting department. They have recruiter specialists over there that handles all of that. And all I have to do is if someone wants to recruit with us, I just forward them the email and I'm like, hey, just <laughs> let them know they're interested. <laughs> You're just a passer, right? You're like, here you go, yeah. passing the ball, Kobe. Mm-hmm. No, I get it. <laughs> so, so, you know, and it's so refreshing to hear that, right? It is because some people are afraid to answer that question. And I'm glad you did because people are afraid to pigeonhole pigeonhole themselves into a corner that they can't get out of but it's it, it really you should be honest with yourself most importantly with yourself and with your employer to let them mm-hmm. know what you really like to do now obviously like look, folks i know her so i know if her boss says here i need you to do this she'll do it and she'll do it well right but this is what what we're talking about here is what we prefer because let me right. tell you, I love the recruitment process. I hate recruiting. So I'm with you 100%. I don't, the worst thing you can do to somebody like me is to put me behind a desk for hours and hours at a time and look at resumes. I'm, I'm going to go surprised. nuts. <laughs> I'm going to go nuts. I can't do that. Now, for my consultancy, I've got somebody who does that. i got to pay her, obviously, right? I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, right. if I don't pay her, what kind of an HR person would I be? <laughs> right, right. Um, but... If I have to put like a recruitment life cycle together, like I just did something, uh, an onboarding piece webinar last week talking about, you know, some tips and tricks that people just don't think about from an HR perspective about onboarding. Now, Mm -hmm. um, you hate recruiting, but you've done it, right? 
Yeah. What is the most important part in the recruiting process, in your opinion? Uh, that's a hard one it, because, you know, it also depends so much on the position. Yeah. But I think it's timeliness and responses. Like I, you oh. know, one of the, <laughs> my, and, 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 <laughs> yeah, well, responses that I'm talking from the recruiter at this point, I'm not talking about applicants, but there's nothing that frustrates me more. And it's ha- it has happened to me. So that's why I always made it a point not to. If I reach out to someone to, you know, I had a phone conversation with that person I will make sure to follow up even, you know, through the process. The worst thing you can do is not respond. I get that you can't answer every single application. Um, although there's a lot of HR, um, not HRIS, uh, ATS systems out there that give you automated responses, just letting them know. But if you don't want to go that route, if you do speak with a person once you have a conversation, you need to let them know they were not selected. Mm. It is not a fun conversation. It's sometimes awkward. Um, and it can be an email. You don't have to necessarily call them. Like if you didn't form, like if it was just one phone call, a phone screening, and that's it, you can email them. Thank you for for your time. Unfortunately, we're gonna move on uh, without you through the rest of the process. But that irks me, and I think that says a lot about wow. the recruiting department when I when I apply for a job. So I make it a point to always reach out. So. Uh, Oh my! So you have no idea what kind of a bell you just rang for me, because <laughs> I'm the same way. Especially, especially on LinkedIn. Look, I'm on LinkedIn a lot. I have to because I got to go find clients. I got to put right. content out there. So one of the biggest irks that I see is recruiters, recruiters complaining on being ghosted. Mm-hmm. But what I don't see a lot of, actually, I'm sorry. What I don't, what I do see a lot of as well from the candidate's perspective is they're being ghosted. And look, I've had conversation with recruiters because they are overwhelmed. And actually this time last year, I was in another podcast. I was on the, um, uh, Oh my good! Uh, the higher calling podcast with uh, with okay. Newsom. He and I were mm-hmm. were talking about how every every organization is recruiting left and right, left and right. And when you have a situation like that, a lot of recruiters, when they not a, not a lot, but some recruiters, they see that everything is so easy, they forget about the little things to mm-hmm. call people back, to show up or cancel or move things around and show up on time. Those little things, exactly how you just said it, that's why I love how you said it, that tells you a lot about the organization you're about to jump into. Yeah. So from my perspective, absolutely do not ghost candidates. Give the candidates the GPS. you got to be their GPS because, Lorena, I don't know if this has happened to you. I have been in interviews where I interview once, everything went well, and then I go home and I'm like, all right, there's one more interview, I think, right? Because nobody told me anything. I go to the second interview. I'm like, all right, I knocked it out of the park. I'm feeling good about myself. And I'm like, I think this is it. So they call me back. I'm excited. Hey, Ricky, guess what? What? And I'm thinking they're going to tell me I get the job. You get to go to the next phase. I'm like, that's another one. Oh, gosh. <laughs> God, oh, there's gosh. another one. Okay. So I go, Lorena, I went to five interviews. That's insane. That's insane. Right? To me, that's like three too many. I mean, or maybe two too many, depending on the position. But like for me, two or three interviews max, anything more than three, you're just and and you must be re- seriously considering this candidate. They have to have a real chance. Like, come on. <laughs> right? Could you imagine getting to, well, you know what? That could happen, right? It could happen mm-hmm. because obviously, I mean, I got the job. Or this was a dart and I'll tell you. I got the job, right? But I'm assuming there were other people in the runnings. But my right. thing is, what can you possibly find out on your fifth interview that you couldn't figure out on your third? 
Absolutely. And not only that, like a lot of like most of the time, not always, but most of the time when people are interviewing for positions, they currently have jobs and they're lying to their employers um, <laughs> about appointments because it's true. You can't it's tell true. your employer you want to leave. I mean, and that's a reality or they're using their own PTO time. Um, you know, they're trying to figure out how to escape work, make it look like they have their annual physical, but what they're really doing is going to an interview. And then to put them through all of that, through five interviews, and then be like, <laughs> sorry, come on, come on. Oh, Lorena, that happened to a friend of mine about a, a few months ago. I'm not going to say who she is because um, uh, people out there know, may know her, um, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to see the company, but I did a TikTok on it. And the I think what I happened? Saw this. Yeah, that she kept. They flew her all these different places to interview, and then right. they, she flew to Chicago for one, and then to California for another one, from oh Orlando God. across the country, and then to come back. Not only did she not get the position, which it which was a possibility, right? I get that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She didn't even get a phone call, no a text. Do you know what no. she got? That cute little email you get from the ATS system after you close down the requisition that says, "Oh no, no, keep no, your, no, no. your your resume on file." That's exact. I was so upset for her that I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna go. And by the way, I think that was my most popular TikTok. And by the way, by popular, I'm talking about I barely made it to four digits. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I, I'm just, I, you I see my say, TikTok as well. I am no you, way a TikTok superstar, right? You're doing better than I am, so that's no, oh, I that. am. Let me tell you, I don't know how these kids do it. I don't know how they no, do I'm it. Fine. I'm over there trying to compete, but then I started talking about unions. Oh man, that mm-hmm. that blew up in my face because oh, everybody, I'm you know, I guess everybody who follows me, I guess they don't understand the HR side of unions, right? So you know what? Let's, mm-hmm. let's jump into because you and I started talking about this before we started the show. Yeah. Because um, for those of you who don't know, right, it, it's um, so we I am broadcasting from the A1A Beachfront Studios, a.k.a. my office, right? <laughs> and uh, I tell Lorena, I'm like, hey, um, we're going to go live in a minute. I'm going to go get a beer, right? And she's like, okay, it's going to be five minutes. No, I literally have a fridge right behind me, right? So I go grab a beer, come back, and it's a Modelo Especial. So we started talking about what happened with uh, with uh, Budweiser and how Modelo Especial now surpassed Budweiser as the most popular beer in America, right? Nothing Modelo did, just what happened to Budweiser. And, I, I, and, for, and for the people out there who don't know, a uh, Budweiser uh, some time ago made a decision to uh, to 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 have a trans. I, I believe she's trans, right? A trans not, spokesperson. I want to say, say that was it, but okay. Uh, I, I I don't know. I'm not <laughs> trying to be offensive. I'm really trying to understand what uh, um, right. um, who she is, right? So anyway, um, and that had a big backlash, right? And everybody mm-hmm. knows about that backlash, but you know what ended up happening. So sales dropped. When sales drop, what every organization does every single year, at the end of every year, they try to make sure their budget is good for the year they're working in and what the budget is going to be for the following year. So they had a payroll budget that directly corresponds with their sales. Their sales mm-hmm. dropped unexpectedly. They had to lay off 30,000 people so far. That's insane. Thirty thousand. Thirty thousand so far. I'm trying to find that uh, that um, that uh, news article, uh, but when I read it, it's like thirty thousand people. So let wow. me ask you. Let me ask you. You're an HR consultant. I'm an HR consultant. Mm-hmm. 
for any organization, I would have to assume for something this big, they have to have run that by HR. They have to have run that by HR. I mean, I hope they did. <laughs> so <laughs> I hope they did. But then here's the thing. I'm thinking out loud here. So Lorena didn't know I was going to bring this up until I just brought it up right now, right? <laughs> so so here's the thing, right? Let's say they did run it by HR. Let's say you and I worked there, right? And somebody said, hey, here you go. I don't know what I would say. I Actually, you know what? No, I'll take it back. I knew I do know what I would say. What I would okay. say is I'm like, hey, do we not know our audience? I mean, let's be mm-hmm. honest here. Do we that not know true. our customer? Right? Unfortunately, whether, that's true. Yeah, whether we're understanding or not, it's irrelevant. Our mm-hmm. customer, we have to understand what they like or don't like. That said, I don't know if this is a good idea. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, I mean, what about you? What do you think? Well, yeah, you what you're saying 100 percent. But then the other side of this is because and this is a problem um, that a lot of people on the LGBTQI plus community. Mm-hmm. And if I mess that up, I'm so sorry. I think I got it right. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, they complain that a lot of people, they they use June to do all this pride marketing mm-hmm. um, and they kind of like use it as a marketing ploy, but they're really not donating money to organizations Uh, that support this. So in my mind, I'm thinking one, you don't know your audience because clearly, I mean, come on, like that, that was a basic one, but two, not only like you're definitely using this as a marketing ploy because I mean, I, I, I haven't looked into it. So I'm here speaking this and maybe I'm completely wrong, but I'm, I'm 80% sure they're not really supporting a lot of, LGBTQI plus uh, groups uh, in some way or another. Budweiser or the uh, people? Budweiser. 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 Yeah, Yeah. the company. Yeah, Budweiser. And I might be wrong about this and I'm not, you know, but what I mean to say is like when a lot of companies like to use, and I'm I'm using Pride as an example because of what happened here, Mm -hmm. but it it could be um, Black History Month. It could be uh, Hispanic History Month, whatever it is. Um, But when they use that as a marketing ploy, my question is, are you talking the talk or are you or are you also walking the walk yeah, yeah. so well i mean you know it, it's okay so what is this country right this country and i've always said this is this country values attention over intellect oh mm-hmm. uh, right? yeah absolutely so attention is always there and i first learned that it wasn't a lesson but i real i first realized that with the dare smoking campaigns was it the dare no, that's the drug ones. It was the anti-smoking campaigns. When okay. I started seeing those, and they started exposing what Marlboro was doing in Newport. Oh, yeah. They spent more money on telling people how much they donated to anti-smoking causes, right? So that tells me they care more about the attention they're getting from donating to the cause than actually mm-hmm. donating to the cause. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. yeah right. So that's a great example of what this country values, right? And look, it, it's a feel free to disagree, but you're going to have a hard time finding a counter argument to that, right? If you're trying yeah. to find a counter argument to that, I, I implore you, watch the Kardashians. <laughs> just... just <laughs> Just watch the Kardashians and tell me this country does not crave attention. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so back to the to the HR situation with Budweiser, I would love to know one of the things, and I've been looking and I couldn't find. I would love to know if this went went by the proper channels for approval. 
And if so, mm-hmm. what was said? Because because it could be that it did happen. One of the things some some people don't understand about what you and I do for a living is that we can give advice, the best advice in the world, but we cannot force our business partner or client mm-hmm. to take Absolutely. that advice, right? Yeah. So have you had a situation like that that you're like, oh, my God, we're going to get in trouble, but it's entirely up to you? Oh, yeah. Uh, way too many times, unfortunately. And now in consulting, it's like they, they treat it like it's like I'm their bestie giving them advice. And I'm like, I'm not, you know, I'm not here to give you like bestie advice. I'm telling you, you're out of compliance. Like, you know, uh, like, you know, we're not, you know, we're not trying to cheat the system here. I'm not trying to make your life miserable with this. It's just these are facts. This is the law right now. This is the policy right now. We need to follow it. And, and, you know, when I first started in human resources, one of the things that I had a hard time with is when somebody did not take my advice. I took that hard. I used to go oh, home yeah. and be so upset. And I'm like, why? I know what I'm talking about. Why would now I'm like, oh, it's up to you now. Mm-hmm. I, look, as a consultant, a full time consultant, and, and I, I got my clients, I tell my clients and I, I am honest with them. Right. They. I'm not saying anything right now that I don't say to them to their faces because I just say, I'm like, look, if you go this route, it's going to be really tough. It's going to cost you more money. It's going to make me more money because you're going to need me to clean this mess up and I'm not going to do it for free. Right, just, let's just save that right now. Right? <laughs> and trust me when I tell you, please do not go this route. But I do understand that at the end of the day, it is their responsibility. It is their call. And I can't get upset with that. It took me about four years to get over that at the beginning of my career. Yeah. How long did it take you? Maybe like three years, more or less. Uh, it was because Women my mature first very... more than men. It's okay. I get it. Well, I, mean, I, don't, I think it had to do that. I was a department of one um, very uh, early in my career. So uh, I, I had to learn the hard way, you know? Um, uh, and so that's why I think I got used to it. Now I do going back to Bud Light though. I do wonder if in those layoffs, they laid off the whole complete marketing department because it's not fair to these 30,000 employees. I mean, well, let's, well that, so they that's didn't a... do their, they didn't do their marketing study correct. I mean, in my opinion, like you usually when you're out there marketing, you're trying to study your consumer, you're trying to right. uh, study what's going on around you regarding that consumer. And I'm like, you know, I'm not saying, fly, you know, lay off the marketing coordinator who just started there and she's probably just following instructions. But those executives, the people who, you know, strategize behind that, those I mean, so somebody should have thrown a flag on the field mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. what? And I'm wondering, okay, so let's look at the other side of that fence, right? So let's say, let's say somebody, they did go through HR and let now, of course, folks, I am a hundred percent assuming here. I have no data to back up what I'm Absolutely. about to say. All right. This is a hundred percent Ricky assuming. What if they did go to HR, but the culture was not that good to where people were afraid to say, this is a bad idea. Because yeah, that's also a thing. That's what happens. That's what I tell leaders who go through my coaching class. I tell them, folks, you need two things to be a leader. Two, you need people skills and a backbone. You need a backbone to talk about things nobody's willing to talk about, and you need people skills to be able to convey bad information in a way that is understood and is accepted, and people can come together to do something about it. Mm-hmm. If you can't do either one of those two things, you have a break in the culture of trust. Yeah. You do. And I'm wondering if somebody went and somebody, I wonder right now, right now, somebody, an, uh, uh, an HR person from the Anheuser-Busch Corporation is sitting at home right now drinking a Modelo Especial saying, I told them people. <laughs> I told them people. 
<laughs> I told them don't say anything, right? Or 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 don't do this. Because that's a bad thing. But if the opposite is true, God, either way it doesn't look good for them. <laughs> Either way, yeah. it doesn't. It, yeah. doesn't. it doesn't. It really doesn't. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, we'll see. It, it, it's look. They have a lot to 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 climb out from, and I know they're having an issue. I saw that UPS caught, um, uh, struck a deal last week with um, with the Teamsters. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw. The, I saw that as well. That would have been nasty. That mm-hmm. would have been nasty because let me tell you, the the UPS strike, uh, for those of you who don't know, they had until yesterday, the Teamsters Union, who, by the way, represent 300,000 UPS, over 300,000 UPS employees. Let me just uh, think about that figure, 300,000. Now, for the people who That's don't know. When I was in the Marine Corps, when JC and I were in the Marine Corps, the Marine Corps had less than 200,000 Marines. Okay? Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> you can fit the entire, the, the, all Marines in the entire Corps, you can fit them into the Daytona International Speedway. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole force. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me that UPS has 100,000 100, more unionized employees. Yeah, right. Right? So, anyway... Boy, I went left field with that. Sorry, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> no, so then, uh, so so just recapping, um, the Teamsters Union said, "Hey, look, uh, our our part time people are not getting paid enough. We're going to walk out in solidarity with, for them with them." Um, mm-hmm. And and then and that was scary because right now UPS controls eight percent, eight percent of the gross domestic product shipped in the United States. Yeah. According to the Wall Street Journal. That's insane. Yeah. No. And and for everything to stop right when the holiday season is a few months away, man, these folks yeah. knew what they were doing. No, there's way too many stakeholders at that. I mean, they I mean they had to do something uh, for them because if you think about it, e-commerce is, I mean, it, it, people are going less and less to stores. People are getting more things delivered. That um that changed exponentially during COVID as well. And let me tell you, I was one who loved, and I still do, love to go to stores and everything. But with COVID, I was forced to, you know, stop going to stores and ordering online. I haven't stopped. It's so freaking convenient. And even though I enjoyed going to stores, like, you know, we're in 2023. COVID's no longer, you know, a thing we're, we're, we're paying attention to as, you know, anymore. And I'm still ordering online. So that would have been detrimental because so many homes depend on those deliveries. So, look, only reason I wear a college shirt today is because I had a lot of <laughs> meetings via Zoom. I ain't going anywhere today. I didn't right. go anywhere. My wife was on her way home right before we started recording. She's like, what do you want for dinner? I don't know. Just, you know, just stop by something. Now, she stopped by and picked something up because she stepped away. The past right. couple, last week, I don't think I left the house one time. No, I'm saying so, Monday to Friday for me is I'm always at home. I don't, well, can't, with the exception that I walk in the mornings, I do my quote unquote exercise. So I just walk. But that's the only, like. Why you like, say it like that? Why are you like, quote unquote? <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, the point being, though, that, you know, I am home like I am within my neighborhood and I'm just no. And Saturdays, I like to go grocery shopping, but I've had times where it's just not convenient. Delivery is the way to go. So, yeah, it really is. And um, oh, my God, who was I talking to the other day? I was talking. No, it was it was a few months ago. I think you and I because, folks, we have a we have a super secret HR committee. 
that <laughs> Lorena and I are a part of, right? I'm not going to mention the other members because it's a secret society and I just outed <laughs> Lorena and myself. And we go to Disney every now and then. And we went to Disney when? A couple of months ago? It was, yeah, June, June, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, oh, we had fun. Yeah, see, see, folks, <laughs> that's what happens when you live in Florida, right? When you got this in yeah. your backyard, and what did we do? What did we do? We we literally uh, drank around the world. Yep, that's <laughs> pretty much what we did. It was so much fun. Um, actually, anyway, I don't know why I went that route. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I went that route. Why did I go that route? <laughs> um. Secret Society HR. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I don't know. I just started going that route. No, because um, what, what were we talking about before? We were talking about deliveries and, uh, and UPS. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, right, that's right. Yeah, okay. So that's the only time, you don't know that, but that was the only time in those two weeks that I actually left the house. Mm-hmm. Because other than that, oh, oh no, I remember now. I was talking to a uh, to a buddy of mine whose son, who's 23 years old, right? So his okay. son doesn't have a driver's license, doesn't okay. have a car, doesn't want to go anywhere, doesn't care to oh, go gosh. anywhere. And I'm like, how? How do you? I remember when I was 16 years old, I was crazy to get my license. Right, right. And that's all I and, wanted to do. And they live in Florida? like So, so yes, they live actually, <laughs> they live over in Lake Mary. So here's the thing. Well, that's that's insane though. Like public transportation is not great here. Like no, but you he, know. no, it's horrible. It's getting better. <laughs> it's horrible. But here's what he's doing. He's like Ricky. I don't have to go anywhere, right? If I'm hungry, Publix would deliver Instacart. Mm-hmm. If I need mm-hmm. something outside of food, Amazon. If I mm-hmm. need some kind of lunch, Uber Eats. If I want to go to the movies and get that experience, I'll just use an Uber. He gave me a really good business case on why I don't need a car. Wow. (laughs) Because I pay insurance. Now, I haven't had a car Mm -hmm. payment in 10 years, right? And I don't plan on getting one. But, you know, what he was going to get, he used to have a car payment of $500 until he sold. Actually, no. His father had it, sold it. Right. Because he just didn't want a car, right? Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. it's, it's, to me... That is unheard of, but once he told me that, it made perfect sense to me. I mean, it does. I mean, just with insurance costs alone, like, I don't have a car payment either, but sometimes, you know, the insurance cost is, oh, it's insane. Yeah. Oh, God. See, we need another podcast. We've been on for yeah. quite, we did another podcast just to talk about the insurance and the crazy stuff in Florida, but <laughs> I, you and I can go back and forth all day. I'm going to put you on the spot right now. When are you coming back? Okay. When are you coming back? Now I'm putting the spot. Coming. Coming back on coming. the show. Yes, you're coming back on the show. Oh, uh, when back. whenever you have whenever you have me. Excellent. You Seriously. guys heard it. For, from now to the end of the year, Lorena's going to be on the show every Sunday. Thank you very much. Yes. Everybody heard okay. it. Absolutely. She's like, yeah, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Folks, let me tell you, she's Puerto Rican. Do not <laughs> ever, ever take that absolutely for granted. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that. All right, Lorena, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. If people wanted to get a hold of you and say, you know what? I want to share with her my hatred of of recruitment as well. How can they get a hold of you? Um, uh, So LinkedIn, Lorena Pavone, and then all other social media, El Pavone HR. Just reach out that way and let's start a conversation. Let's do it. All right, folks. Y'all have a good one. Lorena, thank you. You have a good one. Good night, folks. Come on now. 
Folks, let me tell you, she and I can be talking about this for hours and hours, whether it's how much we don't like recruiting, whether it's the Budweiser situation was, God, I, you know, I still don't know. I still want to know if there is, if there was an HR conversation in there somewhere. I, I, I got to do some more research on that. But folks, let me tell you, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things that you have to pay attention, especially with the UPS and the Budweiser thing, because just because it's not happening to you, it doesn't mean it doesn't have the capacity to happen to you. So you might as well learn from the aches and pains that other people are going through right now trying to fix this issue and uh, and see how you can figure out how to address these issues at work on a proactive basis before they become an issue. And now you have to, to meet with an election or a board. It's just, it, it's, it's just unnecessary. So, folks, that said, that is, t- that, that is all the time we have Thank you very much for listening. There's more coming, I promise. We just need to get some more more, more uh, episodes on the schedule. That said, have a good one. Take it easy and good night. Bye. Give us a like. I'm going to get tacos.